Wow. Wow. Another another great... I love that intro, AJ. Have I told you that before? <laughs> yes, I have. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of the Two Clever Mafia podcast. I am your host, Clever Mafia. And we have a great one in store for you today. And uh, kind of went out there. We got a lot of uh, Twitter questions and a lot of folks out there looking for jobs today. So we're going to get right into it. And uh, I will go over a few of my uh, secrets and uh, hopefully everyone here listening can ace the next job interview they get in 2020. Right, AJ? You looking out? Are you out on the market? Are you looking for somebody? Somebody else than me? I mean, wait, wait, how are you going to find that? How are you going to find another podcast host? As uh, uh, You know, I mean, I, occasionally I give you a weekend off, you know, you're not going to get that anywhere else. But anyway, so we're going to get right into it because we have so much information to, to give to our mafians and you, the listener here today. And um, just give you a little background where I'm coming from. Uh, not many people realize that the, you know, Mr. Mafia, myself, has had quite a vast experience uh, working for very, very large corporations to small setup startup businesses that, that over my time. And I've experienced, oh boy, I've probably hired and fired over a thousand people and maybe, maybe into two, three thousand people. I don't even know, but, um, I've interviewed so many folks and, uh, there's so many things that even are relevant today as they were 20 years ago when you're in a job interview and how you're talking to people. But there's a lot of people out there right now that need need to get that next phone call that says, hey, you, you've got an interview. And that's, you know, that's a big part of it, getting that interview, which is a, uh, probably another podcast I'll do if you folks want me to. Just let me know, drop me an email, a tweet or something. But we, when you get that phone call, you want to be ready to go, ready to start your plan of attack, and you want to because you want to nail that job interview. And if, and if you do what I have laid out here, and I will review with you, this is some very uh, pricey information that I'm sharing with you for free. Uh, I've done seminars, I've done um, personal uh, life coaching, job coaching, interview techniques, training, all of that, and I'm gonna just share it all out there with everyone. Uh, give you kind of a quick overview, something you can listen to on the way to the interview, in your car, uh, you know, on your train. Hell, if you get a plane that you're traveling to the job, then you you, you really got a good job ready to go. Um, but I've been on those too. I've had to take planes to interviews. I've had to take planes to interview people. So we're going to get right into it though. I'm not going to uh, delay. I'm not going to you know, give you all our shameless plugs on all our Facebook and social medias and Twitters and Instagram and all that stuff. You know where to find me at Two Clever Mafia. You know our website is twoclevermafia.com. And, but I, I just want to get, I just want to give this to my listeners to help get that job. So we are going to take a short break. I've got everything in order, the steps that you'll need to follow. If you've got some time, listen to this on your way to the job interview. And I, I, I truly believe if you follow my plan and my steps, you will ace the ne your next job interview. So uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this with our how to ace a job interview in 2020. Welcome, welcome back, my mafians and my new listeners and all of you wonderful people out there that are trying to land a job here in 2020. So whether you were laid off, whether you're new to the job market, we are going to teach you how to ace a job interview in 2020. Now, a little precursor, there's going to be seven steps we're going to go through. And if you follow these steps, uh, you basically uh, would have to not hire yourself, okay, if you don't get the job. If you don't get this job, you know, I'm no, I'm just kidding. You, you, the, following the seven steps is going to get you as much of an advantage as you possibly can get getting to the interview, going through the process. But, I mean, there are the variables. 
of course, you, you know, you have to jive with the person that you're interviewing with. Uh, there has to be a connection. There has to be, um, you have to be filling the void for that employer as well. Uh, and maybe your skills just aren't there. So you don't take it personally, but we are going to give you every ounce of technique, uh, from both the interviewee perspective and the interviewer perspective, because I've been on both sides, uh, probably have been on the interviewer side more. So I'm going to give you some of the things that I've seen. And a lot of it is common, very common amongst every, you know, uh, when I would do interviews, somebody would come in and I would see that same, I don't want to say flaw, but the, the same issues that almost, it, it didn't stop me from hiring individuals, but it definitely, for a non-trained interview, because believe it or not, a lot of interviewers are not trained properly. They do not receive the proper training. I've seen people interview, I'm like, what, what experience do you have interviewing? And they say, no, uh, I just, you know, no training. I just know the job description and HR gives me a sheet. I fill it out and answer the questions. And there is a skill to it. And professional HR uh, folk out there listening to this maybe, or that you may know, will tell you there is a skill to it. There is a science to it. And it takes years of practice uh, it's not just about reading questions. It's about knowing what questions to ask and reading between the lines and body language, all kind of things that, that you have to learn that it takes a lot of time. So, but I'm going to share with you my wisdom and, uh, I've hired some very successful people that have gone on to successful careers after work, you know, being, starting with me, um, which is kind of the, the telltale of a good, uh, interviewer. If you're interviewing folks and you're hiring folks and they're going on to be very successful within their company or your company or whatnot, those are the, the, the successful, those are the people that know how to hire folks. And, and I, not to brag, uh, I mean, I've hired you, AJ, right? You've done pretty well through quite a few episodes now. You're still here, right? <laughs> no. Okay. So let's get, let's get right down to it. Now there, there's seven steps. And then the first step which is kind of a pre-step, you know, it's not really step one, it's kind of pre-step one, and that is applying for your job, right? You've got to go out and you've got to apply for jobs. Not one, not two, you've got to kind of throw, throw your interview against the wall and see if it sticks everywhere. Don't be discouraged by job descriptions that are meant sometimes to discourage because they're looking for that perfect candidate or they have that HR generic a job description that they need to fill. Well, you're a person that has probably vast experience in a number of areas. And the, one of the first goals is getting down, sitting down in front of an interviewer and trying to get, you know, face to face so you can showcase your talents. And a big part of it, and I was going to try to put percentages on it, but a big part of it is, you know, I want to say, 40% if I have to, uh, is getting in front of that person that's hiring, getting past all the gatekeepers, keepers, all of the websites, all of the, 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 they pull the keywords out of these systems now to get your resume, to get past all of that. Okay. So, and when you apply and, and you're showcasing your skills on paper, you really want to match them up with the job description that you're applying for. A lot of people will have just a generic resume that they'll throw against the wall. You need to take some time and it is time consuming, but it's worth it. Cause if you take that time and you match up your descriptions for what the employer is looking for, you know, there's so many keys, you know, when it comes to applying to jobs, there's so many keys. You, you're looking at the job description and you can see the generic stuff. And then you see kind of the stuff that doesn't look like it belongs there. Well, that's the stuff that maybe the hiring manager added into that jo generic job description sometimes. Like, you know, there's little things and there's a lot of little things and you really have to look at it from with an open mind. Um, but you may just want or need a job, but an employer is looking to fill, uh, you know, some sort of void when they're hiring people. I mean, you know, they, they, they want to make sure you're that someone that can help them achieve their goals, right? So you want to make sure you're applying, your resume looks good, it's sharp, it's got a ton of keywords in it, and you can Google all of that information about the keywords and all of that stuff. 
Uh, it will, you know, but there's a lot of key words that these programs now, these, what they call algorithms, right? They'll, they'll pick out your resume and put it in front of an HR person. Then that HR person looks at your resume and says, okay, this guy fits. Or girl, or lady, man, woman, you can go and you can apply for that position. Now, once you get in the next pile, and then it is probably a few piles before that, but then when you get finally into that, you know, some companies will have the HR person set up the interviews for the managers. Some HR people will do the actual interviews or they'll do a two-step process. These are all formalities, but you've got to get past that first gatekeeper, and that's that company website or the 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 different employment websites to get your resume to be seen by a person. Um, and that's one of the first steps, right? So really craft your resume for the job that you're looking to apply for. So step one, you get the call, right? This is where this starts. You want to ace that job interview. First step, you got to get that call that says, hey, uh, Mr. Mafia, come on in. We, uh, we need you to come in for an interview. We got a position open. We got your resume here in front of us and we want to, we, we, we want to see what you got, right? So you schedule a time. And at that point, you need to start researching, research everything. You want to read a book or two if you haven't been, been reading, you know, but read a book or two. If you're looking for a sales job, pick up a book on sales, you know, Google or go to Amazon and say, Hey, top sales books and read it. Know who the author was. You know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, like, uh, for example, uh, like let's say, uh, managing and sales, uh, Zig Ziglar is a very popular, popular name. If you're looking, you know, really depending on the job you're, you're going for, but you know, read a book or two about experts in the field, because more than likely the interviewer or the manager that's hiring you is, is going to know that if they're a top person in their company or someone that has moved up and has a rank, th they're going to know these things. And some might be sharper than others and be more uh, studious than others. The more ammunition you have or the more tools you have in your toolbox, we'll say, uh, the better off you're going to be. So definitely, you know, start with reading a book, research uh, different sites like they have uh, Glassdoor. Check out some previous employees or sometimes just current employees commenting about what's going on in that company. Like I said, search Google for that company if you just want to read some news articles. What's going on currently? What are the current events? You go to a business site, see what the company has made or put forth, or is there an issue with their stock or what are their finances? They, if it's a public company, they post their earnings and what's going on and read the article. Take, you know, they're usually short summary articles anyway. You could just read them and, and uh, get some of that knowledge. Take notes, try to remember it. Keep, you know, do this right before the interview so it stays fresh in your brain. You definitely uh, can get a lot of information and be ready to to shoot from the hip those answers that when asked uh, you know learn about the industry you know it, like nowadays um i don't know the, let's say the food industry the, the restaurant business people are where i'm located here in the northeast a lot of these businesses are reopening from from the pandemic and they're having to come up with new business models right so they they got to eat outside they're buying tables and they're buying umbrellas and chairs and to sit to, to intense to sit outside. So if you're going to job for a, a, let's say a tent company, which is probably booming, uh, you know, know that just, just kind of just an example, but definitely step one, uh, you get that call public perception of what the company is, is like, if you don't already know, if you didn't do that when you were applying and, you know, know that company, know, know that company. If you can even know who the interviewer is and Google that person too, but you never know who might be interviewing you or somebody calls you, somebody interviews. So I never put much weight in that, but we'll, uh, when you get that call. Second, this is something I saw quite often uh, over the, the course of my, my time hiring and firing folks is, 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 is dress. Now, you, you want to dress for success. Uh, and what I mean by that is you, you, you want to really dress for the job that you want and not even the job that you have, but the job that you want. If you want to be CEO of a company, if you aspire to be president of the company that you're working for, then go in there dressing like the company president. And, and it sounds silly, but if you go in there and you got a neat, clean dress or suit on and you look professional and neat and people take notice. One, I remember an interview I had, uh, 
this was way back and it was, it was, I was interviewing for a low position, a sales position and the salesman came in and he looked like a mafia Don. He had the suit to the nines. It must've been a thousand dollar suit. Now I'm not saying you have to go get a thousand dollar suit, but don't have holes and rips and dirts and stains and all that on your tie and your shirt, your dress, whatever. He came in looking like a mafia Don. And I even said to him, I said, wow, you, you look like you're ready to be president of, of, of the company. And he, he, he his reply was, uh, that's my goal. And, and he was serious. It was not, and I was wow. Okay. Well, you know, this isn't, I'm thinking to myself, well, this is the start of maybe a great career for this, this young person, but he, he that was impressive. And, you know, some managers, some interviewers are not going to necessarily point that out, but they see that they know that because they're going through people. And I've had people come in with flip flops on for professional positions, shorts, mini skirts and things when they should have been, you know, you know, you, you also the position matters. Like I've had people come in for, um, what was the position? A bank teller. Bank teller. He, they, 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 they the person had a Hawaiian shirt on half open sunglasses on his head, shorts, uh, khaki shorts and, and, and sandals. And it, the, the banking, you know, banking world, this particular bank was, was very, uh, we'll say conservative, right? The bank was very conservative and they had, uh, uh you know, even myself was, I was required to get up in the morning and put a suit on and a tie, which I didn't enjoy, but had to do that. And, you, you show up for this interview and say, well, you really didn't do, you know, in, in my, my perception of it as a hiring manager, well, you really didn't, do you care about this position? You know, you didn't do any recon. You probably didn't even visit the location before the interview, which most of the time there's, there is time for that to see the dress, to see, you know, how people are acting. And, and that's because that's who they want to hire, you know, just some thought, just some thought, but definitely you want to dress for success and not like you're going to a rock concert. And I, I enjoy going to rock concerts. I'll tell you all kinds of concerts. And, uh, um, but I don't know in a lot of my previous roles and positions and that, or I would recommend to anyone in certain roles and positions to go dress like you're, you're going to one. Um, it, you know, it's just how it is that you dress professional for work. If you're, if your work is professional, you know, if you're a lifeguard, you, you, you dress as a lifeguard on a beach, you know, that's perfectly acceptable. But, um, you know, the Hawaiian getup in, uh, the surfer dude getup doesn't necessarily work well in a bank. Just saying, just saying, uh, you know, and, uh, last, last thing about this, I want to just the dress for success part is, uh, jewelry watches for men. And, you know, you don't want to go in. I, unless you're going for a very, very high position, you know, and this is the higher ups, but the average Joe is going in for a job. You, you don't want to wear the, the $10,000 Rolex or the $15,000 gold chain, you know, or the bucket of pearls around your neck. That's, you know, $20,000 or, you know, whatever. You don't want to wear those type because you, you it, it kind of, it can send the wrong message to the interviewer that, hey, you know, ooh, this guy's coming in for a minimum wage job and he's got a $10,000 Rolex. And interviewers know these things, you know, especially professional atmospheres. The interviewer is going to know, you know, these are things that, you know, because you're wearing, everybody's wearing a uniform or a suit to work. You know, these, these jewelry pieces are the things that make you an individual and stand out and people will wear them, try to impress clientele um, or other employees. So you don't necessarily want to wear those you know, if you're wearing a Rolex and you're going for an interview to be a Rolex salesman, perfect. But for the majority of us, we're not going to be doing that. So you probably don't want to wear those heavy duty things because, I mean, you look nice, obviously look presentable, but you wear those things. It, 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 it what it does is it really compresses your personality and it, it doesn't always, it, in my opinion, it lets a lot of the personality not shine through because I'm looking at your $10,000 Rolex the whole time. Yet you, you, you're pulled up in a 15-year-old Honda Accord and you're trying to get a minimum wage job. So something doesn't balance. And a, a, an astute interviewer is going to pick this stuff up. And um, just 
keeps kind of keeps you out of the out of the no zone as far as interviews go, right? So you guys with me already? Everybody out there listening? AJ, you still awake back there? Yeah, yeah, this is some serious stuff. So we'll, uh, we're up to step number three now. And this is, goes to being on time for your interview. Be early for your interview. And this, is, this goes a lot deeper than just getting there and being able to show up. Because I can tell you, giving yourself enough time and planning to get to the interview on time is probably one of the more important things you can do. Uh, aside from getting that call to go to the interview. Because the, a manager or a hiring manager or an HR person, they spend a lot of time with a lot of different employees uh, within the company because most of the time their sole job is not just hiring people, right? So they're spending time with scheduling, time cards, uh, dealing with employees that are late, maybe replacing employees that were fired, you, you know, absentee, people calling out of work or in excess or things, you know, things like that. More... Uh, it, it's a good chance that also these managers are conducting multiple interviews sometimes within a given week, a time period, maybe even that day. So at the end of the day, you don't want to be that one and, and kind of, it, it's kind of like, a. Uh, if you ever watch those cooking channels on TV, AJ, right? You know, they they do, the, I can't think, uh, like celebrity chef or whatever. And they usually cook like three meals, like breakfast, uh, I say breakfast. They, they cook like, a, yeah, sometimes it's like a breakfast or an appetizer meal, the main course and then a dessert, right? Something like that, like main course and dessert. And that's how they rate them at the end. And well, you know, you're, you're, they still say your main course was good, right? But your, your dessert was lacking. And then that causes them to lose. Well, in this case, you don't want to be a great interviewer. But then when it comes down to the other three, they were great, let's say three people interviewed with the same day. They ended up, not being there on time or on time or early and you ended up being late, right? I'm getting myself confused here, but you don't want to be giving you them any reason not to hire you. And one of them is being punctual because uh, I, I can tell you from experience and any manager of any staff, director, president, or anybody like that will tell you that, uh, Staffing and, and scheduling and lateness and absenteeism or, or calling out uh, is a big deal, and it's a spends a, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time spent, and uh, you, you don't you're not going to hire a headache. Try not to. And if that stands out, it's like, well, I got enough of those problems. This guy can't show up time to an interview for a job he doesn't even have yet. Then we definitely uh, need to move on to the next candidate. So something to think about there. Next, I just hit my hit my microphone. I don't know if you heard that, but uh, <laughs> I know AJ. I know I I'm trying to get this wired, get rid of this wired headset. But that's a whole other story. Uh, I got to get to a wireless headset. This headset is just the wire is so long. But should we take a break, AJ? No, just keep going. He's showing me. Just keep going. Okay. So number four. So you're sitting in front of this interview. You got there on time. You got the call. Now, you're across from the hiring manager or, or HR person or whoever it might be. You got to lean in and you got to smile. You got to be happy. You got to be on the edge of your seat and show your interest. All This all goes back to body language. So if you haven't read a book on body language and positive and negative body language, find one, pick one out, read it. It means a world of difference to an interviewer and some of it uh, to an untrained interviewer. Some of it's just unconscious. They're not even paying attention to it. But a trained interviewer is going to know these things. So, uh, you know, you want to be cheerful. Always make eye contact. Eye contact is huge. Act like, act like you belong there. You know, act like you're part of the team already. Like, you know, go at it. You know, it's, it's hard. I know it, you, interviewers are, for the interviewer and the interviewee, sometimes meeting new people is very, very uh, nerve-wracking. You could be very nervous. So, but you want to control your nerves the best you can. And... It's okay to be nervous, but don't, you know, you got to watch being surprised by questions. And this goes back to having the research and having those, those answers that you can apply, um, to those questions, uh, right, right, you know, readily available. But, uh, from start to finish, 
you know, you, you want to, you want to, you want to stick to the part. You want to be, you walk in, you want to be that person that that manager wants to hire and you're going to fill that void that, that they need filled and, and be able to do the job that they need to be done. And you could be a reliable employee. You could be dependable, which goes back also to being on time. Um, you know, and, you 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 want to be able to re- relate also right you want to be like you when i oh when i when i say you have stories as well like and you want to have fun stories on the hip you know some of our lives are not that interesting some of them they're stories that you probably don't want to tell a prospective employer uh you know like phil phil fishing t- tip uh trip that phil took earlier on in our season we had an interview with phil uh it's not really pertinent to you going into an interview for a bank teller position. You know, it's not something, but you want to have a story. You want to have some set stories that you can apply. Like you know, typical, and you can look this up also. There's typical interview questions, you know, a challenge that you faced uh, and it's something that you've overcome. Um, you know, why do you want the job? Why, you know, do you think you'd be a good fit? What made you apply? Not just that you needed money and you don't have a job because that's probably the most honest answer, but it's not, doesn't help them get to the uh, reasonable understanding that you're going to fill that void that they need filled. So uh, also positive uh, customer interaction stories, previous customers. If you're, if you had other job experience, you want to have those uh, positive customer interaction stories and um, how you were able to, coordinate and fix problems, you know, um, and very important. Lots of times interviewers, including myself in the past, will ask questions that not, not bait, but are kind of, I don't even want to say trick questions, but they're kind of, they're questions that are designed, they're negative questions and they're designed, you know, when did, I'll give you an example. They're designed to, give you uh, the design to inspire a negative response and see how you handle a negative responding to something negative. Okay. Here's an example. So an interviewer says, Hey, tell me the time when you didn't hit your deadline or you didn't hit, you know, didn't complete a project, whatever it is. Now that question is, there's a design to that. That question is designed to show maybe hopefully that you can overcome adversity but it's also designed to show, hey, did they just, you know, drop the chips and walk away or did they go forward and, and, and persevere? So you want to make sure you're, you're turning these questions, you know, hey, hey, you know, Mr. Interviewer, I, it was this time where I ran out of time in a project I was working on where I was getting to the end of the project I was working on and uh, wasn't going to hit my deadline, kind of knew it. Right. But instead I knew I was getting, a, so in order to hit my deadline, I enlisted other peers, other employees who I would then trade, you know, be able to help them with their deadlines at another date, but to get the project moving faster to hit the deadline, right? So that's a question. I mean, it's very generic and it's a very, might not be the best example, but it's an idea where you took a negative and you turned it into a positive. So, and it also enlists some of your stories that you might have about previous work experience and all that stuff, which it's never a bad thing because they'll get some, you'll paint a picture in the interviewer's head about how your work, you know, how you can do the job and do it effectively. So that's step four, lean in and smile. And step five is going to be listen. This is an important step forgotten by a lot of interviewees when they're nervous and sitting across from the interviewer. But it's very important that you listen to the interviewer. You listen to the questions that are being asked and trying to find out why is the employee asking that. Now, sometimes employers give uh, interviewers just a standard HR list of questions uh, to stay on track, more, low, more, more so because the interviewer is not really a trained interviewer and doesn't know what, what questions legally they can ask. You know, they can't ask you how many kids you have or, uh, you know, are you, you going to have to babysit uh, your kids and you're not going to be able to watch babysitting your kids. You don't babysit your kids. They're your own kids. But that type of stuff. And you can't really ask, there's a lot of no interview questions and that could, you know, there's questions that could lead into that direction and 
HR departments don't want that. So if they have that list of questions and you're going down that list of questions and they're just asking it, you give your best answers, tell your best stories, you know, keep an eye out for questions that are going to be asked that you feel are off the cuff or responds to, to your previous statements. Cause those are, those are, you know, info, um, info finding questions that the interviewer is asking personally, because they're, they're trying to understand or make a decision in their head based upon what you said and how it's going to fit. So those are very key questions to focus on. And any type of question they ask, uh, is, is, is very important. Now, I've also come across interviewers that will sit there and just uh, talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Kind of like a podcast host, right, AJ? Right. We'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And we love talking about ourselves and we love telling you about our job and what the company brings and all blah, 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 blah. Probably not an experienced interviewer also or a trained interviewer, but some people will just love it. And if you can, and, and sometimes just allowing that interview to open up and talk to you, and you become that crying shoulder, you'll get the job because they'll, you know, they got a certain amount of time they want to interview in. And if it's a half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, that time gets eaten up 45 minutes by the interviewer chatting about himself and their barbecue they had last week. You are in good shape because, you know, you smile, you nod, you laugh, you, you know, just, you know, Hey, whatever, you know, you have a good time with it. You're probably going to get the job. Congratulations to you. But very important, you know, kind of feel the interviewer. Is the interviewer, uh, you know, an old timer, been around a while, knows the skill, knows the body language, maybe already has somebody in mind that they're going to hire and you're just going through the motions. You never know that. But always go in there with an open mind. Always make sure that your interviewer, um, you, you kind of try to read, read the interviewer. Um, and sometimes it's okay to let the interviewer shine the interview. If you really want the job, right? That's uh, one of the big, uh, big things that people miss, and they don't let the interviewer, the interviewer talk. We'll talk a little bit about. Um, you want to have some interview follow. This is still kind of the listen phase, but you also want to have some uh, follow up questions available uh, when that interview answers when when the when the interviewer asks you those questions because they're very very important. So. Listen to what they're saying. Really listen to what they're saying. Clarify what they're saying if you have to, you know, by repeating the question. But really try to get to the bottom of what they're asking and try to give them the answer. And uh, there's nothing wrong with giving the answer that they want if they ask the question and you're you're smart enough to pick up the right answer. Uh, sometimes they put the question out there just to give you that, to get that right answer, right? So here's here's number six. So we're moving down the list. By now, I hope you've all gotten the job, but we're going to ask some open-ended questions when they say, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions for me? A lot of time left. It's been a long interview. Who knows? Short interview. Uh, you, a lot of uh, interviewees miss this, and they say, oh, no, everything's fine. You kind of answered everything or whatever, but you want to have some open-ended questions. You really do. You really want to have an open-ended question. Where, and some of it, you can go back to the listening part where... Um, during that phase, you can ask the interviewer, Hey, you know, what's your experience with this company? How long have you been here? What roles do you have? Do you enjoy it? What projects did you enjoy the most? You can kind of cross interview sometimes the interviewer and they'll, and if they're open and not willing to talk, that's a great thing. If they're very closed and secretive, they may not be happy with their role, but, um, they may just be answering that the questions or, you know, but again, you can feel this, this vibe going back and forth sometimes. So be, be very aware of it. And, you don't, things you don't want to do, these are kind of the do's and don'ts, is you don't, questions you don't want to ask is you don't want to ask about your pay. First, you should have known how much the job pays before you go into it. You should have done your research. It might have been in the job, uh, uh, the classified, we'll say, or the, uh, the, the job post, right? It would have already been in there. So you should have kind of have a, uh, an idea or a range you really don't want to ask about that because that's not the time to negotiate and it makes you look again like you're there just for the money. So you don't want to ask about money in the interview. Uh, I've been sidetracked by that question and sometimes I, as the interviewer, don't even know because it was, you know, wasn't my final decision or it was the managers or the budgets or the directors and they, you know, they're saying, well, this is the range based on the candidate and you don't want to do it at that point. And I'll tell you when. So something that you... Um, 
want to do is you want to ask about, like I said, the interviewer's history, their time with the company, it gets them talking, shows your interest in that interviewer because that's the one that's going to help make this decision move along, hopefully in your favor. And you also, if you're in a room with an interviewer, you want to notice some of the awards, some of the special knickknacks on the person's desk. Um, they they hung them there, or you know, or put them on their desk because it's important to them, right? So you want to you want to mention them, say you know, in in a, in a lull, or if a, the 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 interviewer has to answer a text message, or had that happened before, or a phone call, or has to respond to an email or a message or something, you you want to you know take a look at some, take a notice of some of that stuff because that's what's important to the interviewer. And if you can touch their, their, you know, their, their heart and you can, you can really get in there. It's one, one leg up you have, another leg up you have, hopefully you got, you know, whatever. Uh, easy, AJ, easy. So, so um, what I wouldn't recommend is talking about photos. Um, if they're on the person's desk and they're facing you, go right ahead. But generally that kind of interviewer, trained interviewer is not going to, kind of really going to talk about family and, and, uh, children and obligations like that because they can lead into a shady area for interviewing and the legality of interviewing. And if the person doesn't get the job, um, you know, it could be illegal in some states to even talk about it. And if the person doesn't get the job, it could be cause for, you know, just discrimination and what, and you don't want to, so you kind of stay off that. You don't want to put the interviewer in an awkward position ever for obvious reasons. Right. So, this is going to be step seven. So you've asked all your questions. You, you've noticed all the awards. You, you got your fanciest dress on. You got the call. You wouldn't be there to begin with. And, you know, you're leaning in. You're smiling. You were on time. You, you, you listened to everything that that interviewer had to say. And you showed all the interest in the world. And you go home, you, you, you say thank you. Now, well, one thing you want to mention is always find out, uh, you know, ask, ask them outright, hey, uh, when will I be hearing, hearing from you? You know, when will I be hearing from you next? Or, you know, they might tell you, you know, hey, we're going to call everybody by Monday. We re- great. You get home, make sure you get a business card, an email, if you don't already have it. Send out a nice thank you letter and a quick email. Hey, so-and-so, thank you for meeting and spending that time with me. Always send that out. Also opens up that correspondence. If you're going to get the job or not get the job, you might get some good information back. Um, you know, if someone's, you know, and if you don't hear anything after the time frame, let's say they don't give you a set date, they say, yeah, you know, sometime next week, and then you don't hear something in two weeks, you, you follow up on that, that email. Again, good way to kind of, get things moving and uh, be proactive, right? So once you get the job offer, you did everything right, you followed the two clever mafia way, you got the job. They're going to hire you. There's nobody better. Doesn't matter if, uh, you know, you, you went to uh, Cracker Jack College or not. You got the job. What do you do? Well, they're going to call you up and they're going to say, hey, uh, you, unbelievable, best interview I ever had. We want to hire you. And you say, that is tremendous. Thank you. I'm really excited to hear that. Maybe pause a little bit. And they say, well, we're going to pay you. Uh, I'm just going to make up a number here. We're going to pay you $1 a year. We're going to give you $1 a year. Uh, now, you know, let's say this position ran from 3 to $5 was the range. And you based on, you know, again, going into this, knowing how much you should be paid, hypothetically, you're like, ah, I should be like in the four or $5 range. So then you have to go back and you can either, this is where it's very important because if you do not say anything there and you accept that $1 annual salary, next year when they hire somebody similar role as yours for $2 and you're raised now, you're only making a buck 50 for the year, you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to be happy as an employee. So you need to get as much as you can in that role. So if you think you're a four or $5 a year employee, you have to say, well, I was, you know, looking at the range. I really thought I would make $5, you know, go to the high, who cares? They're going to tell you, Oh, well, that's really for internal or they're going to give you some 
mom, you know, pop, you know, excuse or whatever. But basically, they're going to say three things if you ask for a higher amount. They're going to either say, uh, you know, let me go, let me go. Well, we didn't know, or or they're going to make some whatever, and then they're going to go back and if they've got to get approval and they like you and they've canceled to close the job offer, there's nobody else and they've already made the offer to you where they're trying to make the offer to you. Usually they only make one offer at a time. They're going to come back and they're going to say, okay, we can give you this. This is our max. Or they might say, I've had people where we can only pay them this much or you have to go to a next level of, of bureaucracy, right? And then you got to decide, do you want to take it up to the next level of bureaucracy, which is more time consuming, or are you okay with taking $4 a year instead of five? You're gambling, but they come back and they'll say they'll pay you four. When they started to pay you one, I probably would take the four because you know where they started. So you know where next year might only be a certain amount of an increment. It's all mathematical and no employer wants to pay an employee more than they have to. It's just uh, just how things are. You, you could take the five or $4, right? Or they can come back and they could say no. They could say, this is what the job offers. This is what we can pay. And you can either say, no, thank you, uh, you know, but I was really expecting this. And, you know, maybe not not cut it off just yet. Say, you know, listen, I was really expecting this. Can we meet in the middle? And lots of times, again, at this point, you're the person they want. You're the person they spent the time on. They probably interviewed a bunch of candidates. You're the person they want. So you still have this bargaining power until they say no. Sometimes there's union jobs where you can only make a certain amount as a starting employee. Well, then you you really should have known that going in, and there really isn't much negotiation. Really don't have much negotiation at that point. You have no bargaining chips, right? But if it's not a union job or it's a management job of some kind, you, you probably have some negotiation on your salary. Some places you may have a negotiation on what your bonus is. Um, you know, you would know all of this going in if you had a bonus. So sometimes they won't even offer you over the phone. They'll send you a job letter with all the information. Then you go in and call HR and you say, hey, I don't, this is what I was looking for. And before you sign it, and it really depends on where you live, but these are kind of the generalizations of it. And then there's, of course, them saying, no, this is what we can pay you. Um, we'd love to have you on our team. And then you've got to decide. Now, could it be a job you take as a stepping stone if you don't have currently have a job? I probably would it say yes take it but understand that they're they're paying you the bottom of the scale and understand that probably the next person they hire and your raises i mean annual raises in most companies some don't even have them and ones that do they don't even cover the cost of living which is important because then that means the following year the new people hiring at the same role at the same low end pay rate are going to be more than what you currently make right so all decisions you have to make at the end after you get the job. So hopefully, and then you make your decision. And if you're, you're, you're doing this, you're interviewing with a bunch of different people and you're acing these job interviews all over the town, all over the town because you're following the two clever mafia system. You're probably going to have multiple offers rolling in at the same time. And then you'll be able to pick and choose with, with, with hopefully, right, AJ? You're not having the, what's that? You're not having, AJ's not having all the job offers roll in. Well, you know, I don't know if you, did you ever give me as a reference? No? Well, good thing. Good thing. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, so I want to say good luck to everyone. I will also be glad to help with any specific interview questions that you you might come across in your uh, interview, uh, journey. Uh, sometimes they'll give you some pre questions. I've been in situations where people had to write a business plan or, um, had to write, answer, a, answer a job interview question. And, you know, you had to kind of answer it in a certain way, like pre pre interview. Um, I'll have all kinds of crazy stories, but I don't want to go too much off the beaten path because my job is to help you get a job to help you ace your next job interview this year in 2020. Um, I will tell you one story I had real quick. Should I wait, AJ? No? All right, I'll tell you this one story real quick. I interviewed uh, one time, and I, it, the person I was interviewing with was, uh, I don't know how to explain it. They were uh, kind of like a second-level manager, right? And then they had, a, I guess, would be like a director. And then there was a director, and then there was a vice president. <clears throat> 
in this interview. And then um, uh, there's a third person. I don't know who they were. I think they were just um, maybe a staffing person or an HR person. I don't know. So I'm sitting in this panel interview. I've done a lot of panel interviews, and they're fun, especially if they start shooting questions at you from all angles. But panel interviews are, are, are well, they're not so fun for the, the people being interviewed. But So I'm getting interviewed by this panel. It was a, it was a very, it was a, a, I'll say a leadership position at a company. And the director level, the middle guy, and the HR person, the, the lady, it was a lady, and they were, they were on board. They loved me. They thought I was too clever. They thought I would be able to do a, a bang up role, which I did, by the way, not to pat myself on the back too hard. But this president guy, uh, very aggressive toward me and you listeners, you, you know how I kind of go approach things sometimes. And I was trying so hard to keep my cool as they were, he was just asking questions that were off the wall and like almost, I don't want to say trying to intimidate me because I don't, I don't care anymore about much and you, you can't, I'm either here or not. You're not going to intimidate me. So anyway, I'm, I'm, talking to this other um, this person and then they're being very aggressive very you know uh, almost as like a uh, a matter of fact kind of didn't want the job and I was playing games at the time which I wasn't true I applied for this particular company which was it was a good company at the time and they wanted um, they were looking for an experienced individual like me and I was very well very well qualified and I wanted to knock this guy out I wanted to stand up, fold up my foldable chair that I was sitting on, and just WWF him right over the head, right? And I was at my wit's end, and then he, they, they, the final question they asked, after going bombarding me and, and going very, they tried to do them quick, like quick questions to kind of throw me off, was, why do you want to work here? And my answer was, well, I want to work here because I did a lot of research on the company, and they, um, you know, I think I, bring a lot of my talent and I can be very useful on your team and so on. And then he broke into a smile at the end of that question where the last 15 minutes, it was getting very hot and heated. And, um, he just kind of nodded his head and said, okay, like with a smile. And I could see that he was trying to, to agitate me for whatever reason. I don't understand. I've never done that in an interview with anyone. And, uh, they, by the way, that interview, I was there early and they made me wait almost an hour before I even got into the panel. And I was on my way. I, I remember specifically that day, I was almost going to walk out. I'm like, you know, they don't respect my time and I'm supposed to be respecting their time and then they don't respect their pre-employees. How do they, and you know, that this is all that stuff that's going through my head. So we shake hands um, kind of the, the middle guy and, and the HR person were kind of, they didn't apologize to me, but they can, they were taken aback by the actions of this, this, this higher ranking person and the way they treated the interview and just a, a, a very cocky individual, you know? And so I walked out of there, I walked out of that interview with my, you know, I said, you know, well, obviously they, he didn't like me. I don't think I'm going to get this job. Didn't care. I had all the things lined up as well, but this was kind of my first choice, but, and on a mum way home and sure enough, I get a phone call from the middle person and he kind of apologized gently and said, you know, hey, we really want you to, we, we want to hire you. And then I went through the negotiation, but, but just to go to show you, and even though when you think the interview is going bad, don't give up, you know, stay your ground, keep calm. You know, it, it very well could have been a test. With this particular individual, it wasn't because shortly after, I think he got fired for, for, for a similar aggressive behavior. But anyway, that's another story. But always keep your head on straight. You know, always uh, kind of keep your eye on the prize, so to speak. And I wish all of you luck, like I said. Check us out over on uh, com. Sign us up. Uh, subscribe us. Like, what are we doing, JJ? Subscribe, please, to all of our social medias if you find this stuff useful. Uh, we love to hear from you. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, definitely you know, like and subscribe our podcasts. 
We're on Apple, Anchor, Google, uh, Radio Public. You know, all the all the big ones, right, AJ? <laughs> yeah, Radio Public. Bullhorn is very popular to all our listeners in the UK, in the US as well. And if you like, we're giving you all of this away for free, all of this material today. Um, so if you would like to 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 donate, you can head over to Two Clever Mafia at Patreon and donate. We'd appreciate any donations from anyone for any amount. If you really like our material, um, if you found any of this useful, you can also head over to Teespring, uh, buy yourself a t-shirt, Two Clever Mafia, also over there. T-shirt or a mug, maybe a mug to give to the interview where you're going to, or a Two Clever Mafia t-shirt. That might just get you hired off the bat, right, AJ? Having a Two Clever Mafia t-shirt as a gift. You know, kind of like bringing an, an apple to the teacher type of thing. Just kidding. Just kidding. So I've had a great time today. Hopefully, uh, if you have any tips, email me directly, twocleverMafia at Gmail. Uh, again, any questions, try to get back to as many of you as I can. I've been getting so many, so many great show topics. If you have a show topic you'd like us to discover, uh, to go over and review. Um, if you've, a lot of folks, um, have wanted us to do this show about how to, uh, how to, how to get a, get a job and do well in an interview. But I'd be happy to, uh, kind of go over how to create a nice resume as well, uh, through the podcast. And if anybody, uh, needs any help with that, definitely I, I'm out there for you. So I think we're going to wrap it up today. I'm going to go, uh, rest my voice, but, uh, check us out on the YouTube also. Going to do some more gaming this weekend. Going to go, um, I think I'm going to play some more PUBG, AJ. I think I, uh, uh, last week I was really close to winning, really close to getting that chicken dinner, right? I'm getting good. I'm getting real good. I'm almost going to be, pretty soon I'm going to be the best PUBG player in the world. I don't know. You got to watch the videos and comment on YouTube and tell me if you like it or not. But I, uh, I'm, I, I, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be up there. I'm going to start ranking. So, all right, let's get out of here. We've held them up. Play a, play a little outro for me, AJ. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone again. I am Too Clever Mafia. You are listening to the Too Clever Mafia podcast. And that is all I have to say about that. Good luck. And we'll talk to you soon. Welcome, welcome back to all my Mafians, all my new listeners. I hope everybody out there is ready to ace their next job interview after getting the one and only Clever Mafia's seven uh, very valuable tips, I would say, AJ, wouldn't you? Yeah, I said, you know, uh, you know, you got your pre-step one, apply for a job, pretty, pretty simple and basic. And then number, step one, you get the call. We went over all of that stuff, what you do when you get the call. Step two is dress for success, right, AJ? You're always wearing your your best attire, right? You're looking sharp all the time. Step three is going to be be on time for the interview. Remember that? And uh, step four, lean in and smile. There's a little bit more than just leaning in and smiling, but uh, it was definitely a big part of of of, of nailing those jobs and and walking in and walking out with a paycheck eventually, right? And then you have step five. I went, uh, just listen, listen to the interviewer, and all that kind of fun stuff. Got to gotta be attentive, attentive listening, active listening. Is that what you'd call it, AJ? Yeah? I don't, you're not listening to me now? Okay, well, uh, step six, and I ask open-ended questions. If you don't know the difference, you can Google it, but uh, there's open-ended and closed-ended Closed-ended is generally yes and no. Open-ended is generally looking for more of a tailored response, uh, an elaboration, if you will. And uh, step seven is once you get the job offer, how to go about it and making sure you end up uh, getting paid, get the bling, or get the get the coin so you can get the bling, right? Or whatever you want to use it to buy. I don't know. I guess bling references jewelry, right, AJ? And not everybody likes jewelry. Never mind. Miss Mafia likes big diamonds, but, well, she married the wrong guy for that, I guess. She, you know, haven't hit the lottery yet. But anyway, moving on. That uh, So hopefully everyone out there is going to have great success when they go out and get their job and do everything they need to do to make sure they're in the best position to get that job. And I'd love to help my listeners. If anybody 
uh, you know, free of charge, no catch, you know, no gimmicks. If somebody has a question, they would like me to answer, and if I can, I will. Send us an email, cleverMafia at gmail.com. That's T-O-O, clevermafia at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to get back. You can also tweet us at Twitter. We're uh, at Too Clever Mafia. Instagram, same thing, at Too Clever Mafia. Facebook, at Too Clever Mafia. And I try to respond to as many folks as I can. Uh, so also I have uh, what I spoke about. I have a, a high-quality keyword list, which is what a lot of people use when they create their resumes. You can basically, it's a list of words that you can use as synonyms for other words in your resumes, which are utilized by these search engines that kind of squeeze out the resumes they don't like and kind of allow that first level of um, uh, interaction occur where it, it finds a word, a bunch of words in your resume that what they're looking for and then it goes and moves your resume into the good pile. And that's where you want to be. You want to be in that good pile. But I can probably post that on our blog. Uh, if you don't know, over on our website, uh, to tocleverMafia.com, we, we started posting the transcripts of our show. And let me... Let me just let everyone know they're raw transcripts. So uh, my voice and my, my, um, the way I speak is not very well uh, tailored for uh, transcription or, or voice, voice recognition for these, uh, for these softwares that we try to use to get transcribed. And AJ is not the fastest typer. I'm not the fastest typer. So to sit here and type out everything that we say uh, maybe we'll edit them. We, we clean them up a little bit, but they're basically just very, very raw transcripts. But anyway, they are our blog on our website. So you could read if you, you wanted to post it, but, uh, just kind of something that we're going to do. We're going to clean up those, those transcripts the best they can, but they're pages and pages long. So it does take time, but we're going to put them out there anyway, just so they're there. So I don't want any comments. I already got a few just keep them to yourself because uh, they're not they're not the best quality transcripts. I've got to tell you. Uh, and I was surprised because we used a very reputable transcript company, and uh, just didn't they didn't come out too well. You know, a lot of you know we like your the listeners. I I gen, you folks. I generally refer to you as my mafians, and since mafians isn't the word, you should see some of the words they come up with. AJ in there. So I try to edit them. So if there's something in there that's not the greatest, you can let me know and I'll try to edit it. But we're working on that. It's definitely a definitely a work in progress, but we'll get those words over there. If you'd like, or I can just email them to you directly. Uh, we can send them out uh, uh, to our mailing list subscribers if anybody is interested. Not a uh, not a huge deal, but they're very, 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 quali- very high quality list that has been put together over the years. And I've, I've got some very good sources that have given me those, the lists and um, the, the words definitely. So are, are what big companies use today. So before we go, uh, I just wanted to, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on as well, make sure, back in the day, I used to take a briefcase to my interviews, whether I was the interviewer or the interviewee, and, you know, big leather briefcase, right? Nowadays, you, you don't really run around. But in my briefcase, I always used to carry all my supplies, my stapler. I had to get paper clips in there and I had everything in there, my, all my resumes and cop, multiple copies. You Back then, you'd print them on high-quality parchment paper, but not necessarily the, a requirement. Um, but it's not a bad idea. But then you have to go and either get the paper or get them professionally printed. Not necessarily a required expense, depending on the results that it's going to provide, but you can do it if you want to, but it's not a bad idea. It's not a requirement. So, uh, but nowadays you, you want to have a little bit of a, a pad folio, a full, full leather pad folio. You pick one up on Amazon for 10 bucks and have a fresh copy of your resume in there. When you go into that interview, um, might not want to keep your iPad in there or something like that in case it starts going off or lighting up, it might become a distraction, but definitely have a couple of fresh copies of your resume on some nice, crisp, clean paper, print it out, and that way you you can have it, and especially if the interviewer sometimes will invite a second person, which is also something you want to keep in mind, and you want to have a copy for everyone. So before we go, don't forget to like and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to YouTube for all our behind-the-scenes footage, and uh, we have our videos and of our, our video game playing that I've been doing on the weekends, which has been really fun. We head over to Patreon if you'd 
like what we do and you'd like to help support our channel, it's Too Clever Mafia. And we are getting a lot of donations and we do appreciate everybody that has donated. Um, there's different levels you can get. Uh, you, we're sending out some t-shirts and some mugs and some merchandise, uh, Too Clever branded stuff. And we, we really enjoy everyone wearing them and showing us we're getting a lot of pictures coming in and we're going to put those up on the Instagram and the social medias as well. Uh, you can head over to Teespring if you want to get your own T-shirt. Uh, Too Clever Mafia over there. And as always, we're available on all the major podcast platforms. You have Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Bullhorn, which is, uh, you know, I got to learn more about Bullhorn because we are really blowing up over there, AJ. Uh, we're all over the place, over in the UK, Mexico now, Canada, um, the US, of course, is where we're based, uh, Brazil. I've seen us in Brazil. So uh, we're, I, I look at the analytics on occasion just to see where our listeners are coming from. And, uh, you know, I started, actually started getting some messages, AJ, in different languages. And I was using the Google Translate so I can understand it because uh, I'm not that multilingual. But uh, people are loving us. So keep we appreciate the, the, the kind words and keep them coming in. And uh, also keep the... the, the if you have a criticism, we'd love to hear it too. Uh, we can make our show better for you, the listener, because that's why we do this. We don't do this for any other reason. You know, we're not making millions of dollars, and uh, um, we do this because we enjoy it and because you, the listeners, have brought us back. We came back from our YouTube channel by popular demand, and here we are. So I am Too Clever Mafia. This is the Too Clever Mafia podcast. AJ is over in our sound booth, and I hope everyone... Has a great week. We will talk to you next week. Get those job interviews. And that is all I have to say about that. Bye-bye for now.